0: Yeah, I'm about 90% sure that Star Wars made me gay.
1: Um,
0: so, wait. That's the response I usually get when I make that comment.
1: Yeah, but that implies that there's like even 10% chance that you're not, and we all know that's not true.
0: Hey, 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 we also all know that I am gay-ish. I have actually had sex with women on... An occasion and a half. So, you know, I'm still gayish, technically whatever the hell you want to call it. But no, it was Star Wars and 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 here's why. Um again, seven years old, seventy-eight, seeing that thing, all every single one of my friends had a huge thing about Luke Skywalker. They wanted to be Luke Skywalker, they wanted to be the hero. Now, granted, I was always picked to be Chewy, G go figure. Yeah. Even when I was seven, I was taller than every other seven-year-old on the block. But I remember in the movie itself, I just thought Han Solo was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And mind you, this was the 70s, so sliced bread was the only great thing back then. Yeah, there really wasn't much. There was – No, no, Three's Company. Oh, boy. And um, I kept going back to see the movie. Mostly, it was, even as a camera, it wasn't because of the special effects or 3PO and R2. It was entirely because I wanted you know, to, to watch Han Solo. Now, as a kid, I just thought he was the coolest thing imaginable. But let's be honest, even 100% heterosexual men, purely, totally confident in their sexuality, will say that back then, Harrison Ford was pretty hot.
1: Uh, I guess if Paul, sure. Um, I, I...
0: <laughs>
1: and I, I, mean, I I really do... – argument with that is i don't think that uh i think you would have to really work hard to find uh any hundred percent heterosexual man who's uh confident in his in his sexuality i think frankly we're all a little worried deep down
0: (sighs) point taken point point taken folks good evening and welcome like the phoenix from the ashes Mr. Scott Clevenger and Mr. Jeff Holland are back on the airwaves. Hello, Geek Planeteers and all you other folks, and welcome to... What the fuck is the name of the show again? Uh, We're calling it the Slumgullion. Slumgullion, that's right. I was about to call it the Slugmullion or something else. Now, Scott, you were the one who came up with this name. What the hell does it mean?
1: Well, Slumgullion is a, uh, let's say, medieval era stew made out of every piece of inedible crap you could not otherwise foist upon someone unless it was hidden in some brackish bubbling liquid from which they could not distinguish specific parts, which I think (laughs) is a good explanation or at least a good description of of our approach to pop culture.
0: Very, very true. So... Here is how the slum gullion is going to work. It's kind of like what we were doing at WVR with just a little more structure. Now, the show's going to be in two halves. The first half is just us doing what we normally do, uh, you know, random discussion. Occasionally, we will have guests. Um, we already have several guests confirmed, and we'll be getting into that as time goes on. And then, for the second half, Either Scott or myself or, most importantly, our guests, if they so choose, will pick a movie. Now, if it's just me and Scott, it's going to be a movie that either one of us has not seen, both of us have not seen, or one of us or both of us have not seen in a very, very long time. If we have a guest on the show and they wish to be involved in this, they will pick the movie, and we'll spend the second half of the show basically bullshitting about one film in particular. That's what we set up, right?
1: Um, I thought it was going to be a movie we have seen. Uh, I think it's easier to talk about movies we've seen.
0: No, no, I mean before we watch them. Oh, I get it. One of us hasn't seen it. There's the request: you watch this, and then we talk. You know,
1: this is getting complicated. This is this is like that break they take during the Oscars to explain the Price Waterhouse rules. <laughs>
0: I'm what break? Some, oh, that's right. They stopped putting that on the show. That's right. <laughs> So for our first episode, um, we're doing something special. We're not going to really bounce around too much. We're staying on one topic for more or less this entire show, and that topic is indeed Star Wars. Now, both Scott and I have seen The Force Awakens. I have not been able to talk about this with anybody because none of my friends or family have seen the damn film yet. So this is actually the first time I'm going to be able to talk about it without giving spoilers and pissing people off. The hell's you. which is opinion. really, really cool. jeez, yeah, I know, I know but 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 first, but first, before we get into the force awakens, um I want to start with uh, things up with a little bit of backstory, and you throw in as per usual, randomly um nineteen seventy seven seven years old i I'm pretty sure I've told this story before, and if I have deal with it, um, uh, my mother takes me to see the movie. Um, we're in the theater and mind you, this was back in the day. We talked about this um, before when theaters usually only had one or two screens and they were really, really big. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those days back when going to a film was an event, not a way to make the kids, not a way to have the kids do something while you go off and shop.
1: Actually it was, it could be both. My, My mother dumped me off at the theater many a time. Now that could be not, now I assume she was shopping, could just be that she wanted to get rid of me uh well uh, nah, eight, no comment. back then uh they there were still theaters while well, I'm dating myself that's fine um i' I'll, i'm just gonna i i you know what my my the new show new rule I have no pride um
0: they still, <laughs> that's new
1: yeah. no no, I had no dignity that was last year oh
0: okay nope, okay nope. now okay, now you've lost
1: two nice right for sixteen um So they still had double features. Not every place, but there were, you know, the dollar theaters would all have two movies, which is how um, I wound up seeing um, Jaws and Orca at the same time.
0: That's a combo. Oh, yeah. Um, Wow.
1: Mom could get a good five hours out of, 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 of her time
0: alone. Uh, and as much as I want to talk about Orca for a second, no, we're staying on topic, God thank it! Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, like I said, seven years old, big theater. Um, I'm sitting there next to my mom. It's a huge theater, and it's completely full, right? Mm-hmm. Opening crawl, that music starts, and the next thing I remember, the film is over. I literally forgot that I was in a movie theater. Uh, I, there was no one around me. It was just me and the screen. When the film was over, my mom asked me if the baby crying in the seat behind me bugged me. I never heard it. <laughs> this baby cried the entire film, and I remember this vividly. It's one of those memories ingrained in the brain. You know, She said, did that baby bother you? I was like, what baby? Uh, you know, The baby right behind you. I, she freaked out when I said, I never heard it. So And that movie, it was, it was a paradigm shift with no clutch. Thank you, Scott Adams. And I, I, two days later, I went over to my grandmother's house on my dad's side, and apparently, according to my aunt, I found out later after she saw the movie, I recounted the entire movie using a lot of dialogue directly quoted from the film. And apparently I was dead on with all the dialogue that I used. So your brain
1: has always been like this.
0: Yeah, it's always you been didn't, like
1: not You didn't have a, a – it wasn't an accident or something. Well, I think you You've just, you just released a very important piece of information to the American public and to our friends overseas. Let's not just skim over this. Okay, people, you, now you know. Next time you're on a plane, watch Star Wars.
0: Shrieking little brat behind you.
1: You won't even feel him kicking your seat.
0: It, it, as long as you're seven years old at the time. Exactly. Or, or I, men, mental age, mental or emotional. Mental, I, mental. Yes, yes, yes. And then in eighty one. Now, now, how old were you when 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 you saw Star Wars? I honestly don't know how close we are in age. Um. I
1: was, let's see, what was it? I was not old
0: enough to drive, but I wasn't
1: that far
0: off. I think I was 15 when I saw it. Okay, all right. So how, what, um, what did that movie, and the interesting some people still have to remember this. Almost everybody that I know, and I know a lot of our listeners, have always existed in a world with Star Wars. So what was it like for a 15-year-old? to experience that movie for the first time? Well, it was a
1: primitive time. Man and beast, <laughs> nature red in tooth and claw. Um, I, the interesting thing about Star Wars, and I, I think, I again, I may have told this story before, but suck it up. Um, one of my best friends at the time was a very serious film student, and I was in his little movie projects. And uh, his dad and his best friend's dad both worked uh, in the movie industry, so they got to go to certain screenings. Um, And I guess his dad had no interest in seeing Star Wars, so uh,
0: neither did the people at
1: Fox. Yeah. So I guess he went. I guess his he uh, he, uh, his mom and my friend Mike Mike went to see it. Mike was a little bit older than me. but he was, he was an, a, a, an insane movie box. So when he and, and his friend, who had also seen it, were, uh, we, were, we were making a movie and I was, we were setting up shots. Um, and they were going on and on about these characters, Chewbacca and, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they were talking about all this and, and said, we just say the greatest movie ever. And, I go, and I'm listening to these names. I'm going, so you saw a Dr. Seuss movie? I mean, I'd like the five thousand fingers of Doctor T, uh, but I,
0: somebody has to. I don't
1: think. Well, yeah, exactly. But I don't think I got this. You guys are really embarrassing yourselves with this thing. Um, but I, I heard nothing about it. There had been no, there had been no pre-release buzz, and this was probably about, eh, maybe two months before it was released. Um, I, maybe I saw a, a poster in one of those boxes in the lobby of the local movie theater, but I don't remember. Um, so I got excited about it sort of by osmosis. Um, they infected me with their enthusiasm. So I went going expecting an experience, but not expecting what I got. Because um, I don't think you could. There, had, there was no – none of those images seemed possible. From, from the very first shot, you know, when they tilt down the Tatooine and then the Star Destroyer, knifes its way down from the
0: top of the frame i mean i still remember i still sorry to interrupt but i remember this vividly that shot as much as i had like no disappeared as soon as the music started mm-hmm. that that star destroyer my jaw dropped yes
1: well there was there was an audible gasp in the theater yes yep, yep that shot the first shot of a film how often well, I actually i can't think of another example where it's ever happened to me
0: so. um the apple
1: um, that wasn't a gas so much as a, maybe a whimper.
0: Possibly, hey, maybe a whimper. BIM all the way, man, a BIM all the way. Go on. Oh, you're a team. All right. You would be. <laughs> so anyway, um, so
1: I was, yeah, I wasn't a little kid. I was not, so, I mean, I, I never bought toy. My wife was, is four years younger than me. Um, she was, she was right at the, at the age for, um, for, uh, the toys and the books and the tie-ins and 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 watching the Star Wars uh, special, unironically yet still disappointedly.
0: Oh, I will. I, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But go on. But uh, for
1: me, just it just changed the way I thought about about movies. Um, it it and, and I guess in, in that respect, I'm no different than anyone else. But but there is a very clear line. See, I don't remember when J- Jaws came out. I didn't get to see Jaws when it first came out. Um, so, and I realized that that sort of, that was the paradigm shifting summer blockbuster, uh, if only because of the the, uh, the way it was released so wide at first. But Star Wars, I mean, there was like nothing, movies weren't like that before, and movies weren't thought of like that. And the idea of going to see a movie 20 times was ridiculous to me. You went and, yep. You went and saw a movie. And then maybe if you liked it, you might see it again when it came on TV, years later, but that's the, it. T- t- <laughs> things have never been the same, children.
0: That's all I'll say about that. And then, and again, in 1977, no one knew that um, if there was going to be another movie or not. We had uh, remember this was pre-internet, so we had no idea that he had wired a trilogy or anything. All we knew was that this movie came out. I mean, and I still remember when all it said, was, when there was no title, when there was no episode four. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> I did anyway, know, I,
1: Flash I was savvy enough to get the fact that it was, um, drawing its inspiration from Flash Gordon and, and 1930s sci-fi serials and Alex Raymond cartoons. I mean, I got that. I got that. I got that was the point of the crawl. Um. I, I I got the, the you know the 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 black and the white imagery uh, you know uh, stylistically as well as thematically. I mean I got all that, um, and I don't think that that really makes a difference in your experience. Uh, it's 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 fun. It's interesting. But yeah, and also I didn't immediately think that oh I hope to make a sequel because that was that was never a good idea. I mean any time <laughs> a sequel to it. The Sting Two, The Sting Two, uh, Jaws Two, Jaws.
0: Well, okay, hang on, hang on. I actually, I'm, I'm going. We're going to go off topic here. I am going to defend Jaws Two for just a second. Must you? Yes, I must. If I actually, as even though you can see the tubes in the shark's mouth when it when it pops out of the water that one time to to eat uh, Mike Brody. Even though the kids' ages changed weird for no real explainable reason, I actually do think there are some decent moments of tension in that film. Do I think it's? Go ahead.
1: No, I'll agree with you there. I, I I don't think it's 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 not a terrible movie.
0: Um, It's just Jaws: The Revenge is a terrible movie. Yes,
1: but it's not the same experience. It's like okay, if if uh, The Empire Strikes Back had been as good as Jaws 2. Um, I don't think I would have... I wouldn't have waited around for, for Jedi. With, you
0: know, this Oh, my God. That's it. Jedi is the Jaws 2 of the original trilogy. There you go. Holy crap. That's it. There you go. So, anyway, back to the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh. I remember when... I was reading. I think it was Starlog. Remember Starlog? Yeah. See,
1: you said that there was no internet, but there were fanzines. There were fan. There were
0: magazines, yes, but there was once a month, so there, you, you yeah. didn't have the instant gratification. You didn't get. You didn't get breaking news,
1: but you would over. You know, over the two or three years it took from them to make one movie or another,
0: you would, you get, would get something. You yes. would get some information. But I remember when I think it was Starlog made the first announcement that there was going to be a Star Wars TV special. I freaked out because, again, we had no idea that it was going to – if there was going to be a, a second film or anything at that point. And, again, I am eight years old, and this is my massive obsession, right? I am obsessed with this. I saw the film. God – I mean I went – my mom went with, with me several times just to be nice to me. I went with friends. I bugged my friends going, if you go see it, take me with you. I
1: I whined until I got my – I got my grandmother to take me. And, it, and when it opened up, it was, was not playing in our town. We lived in this little beach town. The nearest place it was playing was this mall in Anaheim, not too far from Disneyland. And, and here's, here's how big a deal. I mean, like she, she would routinely, to, to, uh, again, to, to get us away from my mother, who was a bit of a touchy woman. Um, my grandmother would, would say, Hey, you want to go to Disneyland? Cause it wasn't, it was a 45 minute drive. So, I preferred going to see Star Wars to Disneyland, uh, and and I wheedled uh, a ride from her dad. She didn't want to go see that. I made this poor sixty-year-old woman sit through this. I don't think she hated it, but it certainly wasn't. It was it was one of the most purely selfish things I had ever done in my life, and I regretted not a moment of it.
0: Exactly, exactly. I mean, I I vividly remember this ABC the night that it aired. I'm sitting in front of my black and white TV. I have a big tub of Jiffy Pop popcorn. Remember that? Yep. As, I have as much Jiffy fun to Pop, make as it, is, as it is to eat. I have my Jiffy Pop. I had my orange soda, and you know the TV comes on, and they they show this footage, and it's stock footage from the movie, and I'm like, wait, I've seen that. Yep. And then they show the. Uh, the interior the, – the cockpit of the Falcon, and it kind of looks like the Falcon as done by Ed Wood in Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> and I'm going, oh. Why is it have and the then, curtain behind the door? Yeah, the curtain, exactly. And then at first I thought it was kind of cool that the whole first like half hour of it was on the Wookiee world. But then when there were no subtitles for the language – and that was all we heard for – I mean a half hour into it, I was just kind of sitting there. I stopped eating my popcorn, and the, I think the only other time I have had this sort of viewing experience at, to make – to um, bring back a joke that I mentioned earlier was when I finally sat down and watched The Apple. Mm-hmm. I sat there and went, what? Well, not – I'm paraphrasing because I was an eight-year-old, but I literally – I was sitting there going, what the fuck am I watching?
1: Everything
0: what, what you, about what you were that watching. Thing.
1: What you were watching was your innocence dying in real time.
0: Although, although I remember even your nice line. Even as a kid, and I and when um, at one point during um, the, the early, early newish Mike and Ike days, um, we did a commentary for the Star Wars holiday special at a science fiction convention.
1: Oh, did you really?
0: We only did we only did forty five minutes of it. I edited I edited the fuck of that thing down. How long is it? Is it? Um, two hours. It was a two-hour Are you kidding me? Oh, oh, and it feels like eight. So without commercials, it's what, 90 minutes? Uh, yeah, but
1: yeah. Uh, so Wait, so remind me, because I didn't see this. I, I'm not even sure I was aware it existed, because I didn't watch a lot of TV back then. But, right, right. Um, so the Wookiee family, it's like it's Chewbacca's family, but they uh, had names yes. like Itchy and Lumpy or something like
0: that? Yes, Itchy, Lumpy, and Mala. Okay, and the best moment in this, the absolute funniest thing in the entire special, there's a scene where Art Carney, yeah, Art Carney, brings um, Chewie's father this, um, I guess you could call it, like a little hollow program, and um, Chewie's father sits in this big, this big hairdressing thing, and he plugs it in, and Art Carney's like, all I'm gonna say about this is ba 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 boom, and. So you see this old white Wookiee with no teeth sitting in this giant hairdressing thing, and all of a sudden, there's all of these pictures, and Diane Cannon in this flowing white outfit appears, and saying, I am your fantasy. Pleasure me like I pleasure you, and all this. I'm not kidding. It was fucking Wookiee porn. And at one point, she keeps saying, like, she has a line that's like, I love you when you, and you see the, the guy keeps hitting the button to rewind it, and she's like, I love you, beep, I love you, beep, I love you. And he keeps hitting the button over and over again, and it is such an obvious metaphor. We watched an old Wookiee jerk off on ABC television.
1: Well, it was better than most of their primetime lineup
0: at the time. Eh, point taken. We watched, oh my god, Carrie Fisher's song sung to the tune of the Star Wars theme song. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I was watching a YouTube video where some people were talking about the video, and they said, this is true, you can actually see the moment where Harrison Ford officially gives up and wants the character to die. (laughs) You can totally see the moment when he says, I need to die. And not because it was some grand thing, it's because this special killed him.
1: Okay, well, I'm still not going to watch it, but it, it's, it's good to know that that, that that piece of film history was captured for posterity.
0: I should make you watch it for the show. Oh, good luck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay, so then, we finally find out that we're getting the second one, and um, for me, that is not only just a great Star Wars film, it's a great freaking film, and best of all – Unlike that famous episode of The Simpsons, I was there opening day, first show, I, was, I missed the tickets for the first show by one person.
1: Oh, ouch.
0: I was the first person in line to get tickets for the next show.
1: Huh. So you were, what, like I, 10 or 11 by this point?
0: Yes, I was 11. Actually, no, I was 10 because it came out in May, so I was 10. And my mom dropped me off by myself, so I'm there by myself. And um, And
1: you had to face face that kind of crushing disappointment on your own.
0: But Yeah, yeah. But then I thought it was okay because I was going to be the next person to see it. I was first in line to get tickets for the next show. So I'm like, all right, I can deal with this. And show ended. Everybody came out, and nobody said a goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. The entire theater walked out with just stunned looks on their faces, and all anybody said is, oh, my God, wait till you see this. Back then, believe it or not, you know, everybody, you know, nobody was a dick. No, I
1: remember that. I remember that, uh, I remember that, that um, the theater where I went to see it, they, um, it wasn't, it it, it it was in a mall, I think. And they didn't have a lot of room. They couldn't wrap the line around the building like they could at some suburban freestanding theaters that had a parking lot. So they had people lining. They would start the line right outside the door of the theater. And it would just go down. It would go down the hallway and into the lobby and then head outdoors. And, um, people walked out, uh, we were, we were standing in line and people came out and nobody said, you know, what it was the people just said, did you like it? They would say, yeah, it's great. You're going to love it. Nobody said, Oh, invaders is dad. Nobody said that. They just said, yeah, you're going to love it. And, and, uh, in fact, similar thing happened to me in New York where I saw – I was living when Jedi came out, and I saw that, and people came out and said, did you did, – is it good? Is it good? And people go, oh, yeah, yeah, and, and nobody said anything. There were no – people didn't, didn't – nobody wanted to be the person who spoiled things back then. Now
0: – Gee, what happened? I
1: don't know. It's, it's, I, maybe the, our society just became more competitive. Maybe the internet just allows everybody a certain amount of time to be a dick. And you just budgeted into your day? I don't know. But back then, there was just this this communal joy in the whole experience. And nobody, it seemed like it never occurred to anybody to spoil it for anyone else. That we all seemed to like the fact that we all liked it together.
0: And, I mean, I truly, I just, I truly love, I mean, I know everybody's, usually people say that, you know, well, Empire may be a better movie, Star Wars is their favorite. And I try, I want to say that because of what Star Wars did to me as an 8-year-old, but what Empire did to me as a 10-year-old was even bigger because I remember by 10 – this is going to sound so bad, but by 10, I was – in the three years since since the, t- the first film, I had become much more of a um, movie fan. Mm-hmm. I had watched a lot more movies on television um, and – I had friends who had like Super 8 cameras. Remember, from the library, you could sometimes rent Super 8 movies. Yes, I do. We would get those, and I we watch a lot of films that way. So that was how I you know how I got a little bit of my movie knowledge. And I remember watching Empire, thinking these characters have changed, and I mean they've become more real. Thank you, Lawrence Kasdan. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean they took the and again I am not. Well, actually, yeah, I can complain because some of Lucas's writing in the first film is truly horrendous. Oh, it's it's awful, but the, but the
1: characters were all archetypes. I mean, exactly. Like, That's exactly. I I what I
0: was just about yeah, to say. It, Empire took the, the archetypes. The I'm sorry.
1: I mean, re, uh, reality of the characters was beside the point, but with Empire, they, their their ambitions were were greater. They, those those kind of you know color formed all thick characters would not have supported. The ambitions they had for the, for, and, and the themes they were trying to explore.
0: I mean, the archetypes became real people, and that freaking, above and beyond the whole Darth Vader thing, which, yeah, I, I, I'm, I shit myself. Not really, but you know what I mean. I, would, I, I, wouldn't, mean just, I
1: wouldn't have judged you if you lost control of your bowels. It's fine. You're, you're no, no, I, 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 I,
0: I, I thought about it, but I, I was able uh, well, to. Well, okay, if you thought out. about it and then did it deliberately. Yes, then I would judge you. <laughs> That's different. But, but, but I mean, like I said, I was blown away by the the reality. I mean, how real those characters felt, and that was that was really the movie where I went, okay, I'm I'm in love. I mean, in, in I know I was ten when Empire came out, but my love as a seven year old and my love as a ten year old were completely different things,
1: as, as they should be.
0: And all I'm, all I'm going to say about Jedi is the characters went back to being archetypes. I hate the Ewoks, and it was an okay ending for the trilogy. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, things went away. You know, it sort of disappeared for a while. And then, you know, the expanded universe started. And those of us old school fans, we didn't have movies. But if we were readers, we had the books. I mean, my God, the first books in the, in the, when they came out, the, the Thrawn trilogy, holy shit. Have you read the Thrawn Trilogy, dude? Um
1: I haven't. I I did not get into the uh, expanded universe because I sort of did my time uh with that kind of thing in the in the uh the years before, uh in the Star Trek Interregnum.
0: Um, ah, I got you. I got you know, cuz there was that
1: time where it was like they were making some movies but they were off TV uh, bef- this was before um, the next generation, and they filled it in with books. And they filled it in with comic books, and I kind of got into that a little bit because that was that was the thing that affected me at age eight was right. Star Trek, um, and I just didn't have the energy. Understood. Well, I, but I, 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 I'm aware I, of the Thrawn trilogy. I'm aware of, of um, uh, that's Timothy Zahn, right? Yes. Yeah, yes I'm yes. aware of the contributions that he's made. I'm aware of how much of what was previously canon. Um, emerged from the novels, uh, and that a lot of people have a lot of respect for it. And I, 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 know how brokenhearted many people were when Disney announced that it was no longer canon, and that they were.
0: See, very- my problem with that is it was never fucking canon. Even Lucas himself right. said over and over again, it's not canon. Right, exactly. Which all these people were whining. and I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's not canon. It never was. Idiot. I have issues with any massively obsessive fans. Some people need to just jump back and take a deep breath and relax.
1: Well, I sometimes. don't. I don't mind. I don't mind um, enthusiastic or even obsessive fans. I mean, I, it, take, take take your your enjoyment from life. It, it's few and far between. What, what bothers taken. me? What bothers me is our fans who have a sense of
0: entitlement. That, yep.
1: Or yep. feel proprietary about a uh, uh, a property
0: that they did not create. Like, well, my God, when I heard about some group that was saying, if Disney does not restore the Expanded Universe's canon, we're going to spoil The Force Awakens for everybody.
1: Well, then you're not a fan. You're, you're, yeah. you're a petulant, uh, entitled little brat who wants to take what you consider to be your bag of marbles and go home. But guess what? It's not your bag, not your marbles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it was – and, I mean, the book's – Okay, I'm, I'm going to be a killjoy here. I'm not that big a fan of the expanded universe. Several of the books I liked. Most of the books I thought were boring as hell. The only comic that I actually liked in the expanded universe, um, especially in the later years, was the Dark Horse series Legacy. It took place like a hundred years after Star Wars. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was a whole new. It was like a It was a whole new cast of characters. The whole universe had changed. It was like seeing Star Wars for the first time, except there were some – there were familiar names, but it was an entirely new universe. There was new political things. It was a whole – and you were just thrown into it. It's a really good story. Dark Horse
1: has done a lot of really good comics over the years.
0: I mean, and Legacy actually was able to tell an entire story. Well, have
1: you kept up with any of these – the new – it's Marvel. Marvel
0: is doing the new – Marvel's back with it, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I actually read – I read uh, Shattered Empire, which was the one right after Jedi. Mm -hmm. I read that one, and I just started reading the actual Star Wars comic.
1: Is uh, Shattered Empire the one where uh, Poe Dameron's parents get busy?
0: Yes, yes. And it was kind of – I was like, all right. that's." And I found out that the whole thing with um, Poe being born on Yavin 4, apparently they shot – the Yavin scenes in Guatemala, which is where Oscar Isaacs is from, oh, and, and he had said to J.J. J. Abrams, hey, you know, I mean, I shot there. You know, Poe should be from Yavin," and, and they they actually took that and made that part of the story.
1: Well, that's that's the great thing about about new characters that don't have any historical baggage. You can be improvisational about. It.
0: <laughs> but I mean, like I said, so we had so we had a good maybe. Let's see, from eighty three to. Was it ninety seven when the thing that shall not be named came out? I or was it ninety nine? Uh, crap. Late nineties, so you know, early eighties to late nineties—that time period. We just, we, we just had, talk, we
1: just, we just speak of that as the dark times.
0: <laughs> but so, I mean, there, the, the all I'm going to say about the prequel trilogy is, um. I do not think Lucas raped my childhood. I think anybody who says that is a douchebag. What I think Lucas did is make three really bad films. That's all. Uh that's now, enough, I, 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 isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, but I mean there was no raping of uh, my childhood. The, the people who are the thing about about
1: that complaint and and I, I, I know you, you've you brought it up before, but I have actually I have, it's you you brought it up before because it's a common refrain. I, I have also heard it. And the the thing that always disturbs me is about that is, well, here's the thing. If you can watch this movie now as an adult and say that your childhood has been retroactively raped, then you have you are still mentally a child. Yeah. That I which allows me to ignore anything else that comes out of your mouth, at least where this one subject is concerned, because clearly you're not rational. By the way, I'm looking at IMDb, it came out in uh, 1999, uh, so basically um, the 20th century was was bloody and brought us, you know, world wars and genocide and uh, many horrible things, and then it concluded on a downer note.
0: And, oh, and by the way, folks, if you haven't, done this yet you really should pick up scott's um better living through bad movies because there are some amazingly both astute and hysterical reviews of the first two films in the prequel trilogy by the way did you ever do revenge of the sith uh we did not because the um the book came out just
1: before revenge of the sith was uh released but it may- i'm trying to figure out if, I, if i if i can find an excuse uh to put it in the uh, the the sequel, I will because I just I would like to kind of complete the 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 circle of horror, or just put or just put it on the website. Or I just may just put it on the website. Um,
0: I was gonna say world of crap, perfect place for it. That's true. <laughs> I mean, don't don't put don't put it in the new book, man. Put it where it belongs in a world of crap. I'm just saying. No, you're right. You're, you're right. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's I think the thing. That most annoys me about the prequel trilogy. It isn't even the fact that there are no sets. It isn't that. It, that that's, the, the, to me, here's. Well, that's well, that's part of it. But we'll get. I want to get more into that when we actually talk about the Force Awakens. Okay. Um, the thing that really burns my short hairs is the fact that he made Natalie Portman, who is an amazing actress. Suck. I love Natalie Portman. I and mean, if you see the film closer, she is just absolutely astounding in it.
1: All right. She's, she's been she's been remarkably good um, since uh, The Professional. The Professional, exactly. How old was she in that 12? She was basically, I mean, they should have cast her as young Anakin. At least she could have acted.
0: But, I mean, I, I remember w- even watching – The Phantom Menace in the theater, and my mom, my mom, who had taken me to to see Star Wars in 78, wanted to take me to opening day of The Phantom Menace. You know, I'm I'm in my 20s. We wanted to have a bonding moment, right? We go to see it, and, you know, the crawl starts, and we're like, oh, boy, here it comes, here it comes. And, you know, the galactic trade routes are being disputed. And even that mom and I were both like, wait, what? And we walked out, and – even mom, my mom, looks at me and goes, "What did you think?" And I was like, "Eh," and she pretty much said the same thing. And then she said, "God, Jar Jar was annoying." Now, have you heard the evil Jar Jar theory? Um,
1: yeah, I I have. Uh, somebody, uh, a friend, asked me about this um the other day, and I feel like what this is 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 um an example of the truism that. People want there to be reason for in their lives. People want um, even even evil to be part of a plan. Uh, I think this is the the, the evil the uh, Jar Jar you know uh, mastermind uh, theory is basically the same impulse behind people who create religions. Um, Because nobody wants to believe that they that, that evil is chaotic and that we just live in an absurd and godless universe. They want to believe that everything's part of a plan, even Jar Jar.
0: Yeah, for, if you don't know, folks, um, go on the YouTubes and look up Jar Jar Binks is Evil. There's like 80 million videos that are explaining this theory. It's mildly interesting for about 10 minutes, and I'm not going to lie. There is actually some compelling information for this. And if you think about it, it would start to explain Lucas's um, disassociation with the, univ- with the universe in general. Not the Star Wars universe, the regular universe in general. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, he wanted Jar Jar to work so bad, and they show a clip on all these videos where Lucas says Jar Jar is the key to everything. Yeah, well, L- Lucas, Lucas was talking about the first fully CGI character, not the big, tw- quote unquote, big twist. Right, but
1: Luke, Lucas just is one of these guys who who has gone so long or went so long without anybody telling him no. Yep. That when people said, no, I don't like this, this is bad, he doubled down on it. So, you know, it's like, well, you didn't like him in the first one? Guess what? I'm going to bring him back, and now he's a senator.
0: Okay, and here's the thing. Yeah, this is this, – that is actual – okay. There were many parts of the first movie where I just went, ugh. The second movie, which, uh, dude, your your, your review of, Atta- of, of Attack of the Clones is just my favorite out of all everything in that book. Oh, thank you. I just – I love that review. Um, just, just the dialogue – not only just the dialogue in that movie being that atrocious, but I totally lost respect for any of the characters. I mean I wanted to like Padme. I really, really did. A, but A, there was that goddamn horrible dial. I truly, madly, deeply love you. But B, she deserved to die as soon as she made Jar Jar the representative. What the hell was that? Well, I mean – That's just stupid. Yeah. Now, mind you, that's also part of the whole Jar Jar is an evil mastermind thing because they're saying that he used his evil Sith mind tricks to make her make him a sin. I'm like, no, it's just bad writing, guys. It's bad writing. Deal with it.
1: Yeah, which I guess is is in its own way uh, an evil Sith mind trick, but only if you get away with it.
0: (laughs) But I mean, the whole, the only, and the only thing that I will say. About Revenge of the Sith is that it ended. Did end? I did. It, it did end. Hardship. And I think my biggest and again, it wasn't, ignoring it wasn't terrible. It was not awful.
1: It was bad. It wasn't awful. It wasn't cringing all the way through it, and and it did not have that that you know harlequin romance for teens dialogue uh, between between
0: Padme and Anakin. The Padme line, Anakin, you're breaking my heart, was bad, but at least there was no, I was tormented by the kiss you should never have given me. Oh, my God, just saying that line makes my bowels ache. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, okay, all right. So, um, flash forward a few more years, and we have last week. I'm just going to start off by saying, holy fucking shit, I loved this movie. Well, tell us what you really think. Okay, it sucks. Right. So- Dude, this is the first time, I think, since Empire? Yeah, well, yeah. No, I took okay. The first time since The Devil's Rejects, actually. Since um, since Empire, there have been a couple of films where I've forgotten the fact that I was in the theater, Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas was one of them, Mm -hmm. and The Devil's Rejects was one of them. How's that for a combo? Uh, That would make, again, an interesting double feature to drop the kids off at. I would watch that double feature, but The Force Awakens is the first time since The Devil's Rejects that I forgot that I was in a theater. And the fact that it was a Star Wars film again, I literally felt like I was seven years old seeing Star Wars for the first time, and not just because it's basically a remake of Star Wars. Yeah, isn't it, though? But that's the thing. I, I, this, I definitely wanted to say this before we get into specifics here. Yes, there are a lot of callbacks to um, both act, – actually, to a degree, there are callbacks to all three films in this movie. And that was – some people are saying, it's too much. And I'm like, I'm sorry. This was a – I think this was a very deliberate uh, – what's what I'm looking for? This, this was a very, very deliberate thing that Kasdan and J.J. Abrams did. Because think about it. Not only did, since Disney erased the entire expanded universe, not only did J.J. and um, Mr. Mr. Abrams and Mr. Kasdan – I'm going to call them now for such good work they did mm-hmm. – not only did they have to say, okay, we need you guys to ignore everything you've been reading for the last couple of years. They also had to say, okay, we need you to forget the last three movies. Yeah. So I mean, they they literally are, for lack of a better word, creating a new Star Wars universe. And what's the best way to do that? I have no problem with them remaking the movie that started it started all with enough new stuff to keep you interested. Yeah, that
1: that is essentially what they did. I I I walked out of it loving it like you did. My the only comment I think that could be construed as negative that I, I made to Mary afterwards was. Um, I would like to next. I would like to from now on see Star Wars movies where they don't fly down trenches and blow up uh, planet-sized battles. I
0: think I think we're going to. I honestly think that the next two films are going to be totally their own thing. Mm-hmm. I really, I think every, all, every. At first, I was annoyed by Starkiller Base, but it, I, the idea of it actually being a planet itself, I thought was really cool. Uh, but and then I was like, once I realized what Abrams and Kasdan were doing, doing the whole remake plus for lack of a better word. Right. I'm like, all right. All right. I, I, I can accept this, but I agree with you. If there's another damn space station in the next film, I'm going to be like, all right, now things aren't going to go. It was just
1: this side of, well, basically you just did. It, it's like, it's like you took uh, Lucas's uh, inability to stop fiddling with the original trilogy and add, adding digital effects you basically just took it one step further by adding, you know, some new characters, but basically having the same, the same plot and, and you know, gender flipping a couple. But there, it, that's that's the worst case scenario. That that's the most uncharitable definition of what they did. I think what they did was the safest thing. When you lose your way, you you go back to where you started from. You 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 retrace your steps, and they got exactly back to the beginning. Remembered what it was we liked about it. And then move slowly forward from there. Now granted you're gonna walk by the same landmarks again once you start out, but that's fine because we liked it the first time. We I at least I uh, enjoyed it again. And I and and it shows that you do see the thing Lucas does not did not care about has never cared about um performance.
0: Actors. He never cared about actors. He's never Oh, that's well known. I mean they were saying that even back in the seventies. I remember them saying that he's really not an actor's but, director. But the
1: thing about it was he was always lucky in casting. He either got people yep. who had, you know, natural charisma, like Harrison Ford, if not the greatest acting chops, or people like Richard Dreyfus, who could just command the screen and, and it doesn't you don't need to, to direct them. All you have to do is just Turn the camera.
0: Point. point the camera, let them do their yeah. thing. Exactly. So he,
1: he was fortunate or, or Robert Duvall and, you know, as far back as THX 1138. So he was, he was lucky. And then he decided that he didn't need good actors. Um, and he just, he, he hired some really bad people for some very crucial roles or he took, he somehow made good actors look really bad. The only one who came, I think so, somebody said that the only one person they thought came out completely unscathed, from the prequels was Ewan McGregor.
0: I wouldn't say unscathed, but he fared much better than anyone else. I
1: that's yes, I agree with that. But it's like every this all the roles were well cast. They were all good actors, and they all the characters all had enough meat on their bones that when they experienced an emotion, you were willing to allow them to do that. It wasn't like okay, we're just going from shock to shock to to um, adrenaline high to adrenaline high, which it's, it's not just a feast for the eyes, which is kind of what he, I guess he wanted to make the first few movies, uh, because there were whole long stretches during the prequels where there were no human beings on screen. Everything was CGI. Uh, So it's like, how can anybody your, I don't care what your, what existential experience your droid is going through right now. Um, but you, you get someone like John Boyega, who's a terrific actor, who I have loved since Attack the Block, who you and you don't even have to give him anything; he can work with nothing, and yet they gave him some good material.
0: Oh yeah, let, let's 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 get into the acting here, and this is one of the first major major changes from um, the prequel trilogy. Well, a there's good writing. Thank you, Lawrence Kasdan. Welcome back. As much as I don't like prequels, I honestly can't wait to see his his Han Solo movie. Yes, I am uh, genuinely excited about that.
1: Oh, uh, I am too. Although I'm I'm dreading, <laughs> I'm dreading the casting. Probably as much as the casting director is. I mean, they are they are so they uh, they're so anxious. That I I don't know if this is true or not. Supposedly they say they are seen. They've seen thousands of people, a lot of name actors, which could either mean that they are they are covering their bets with the fandom so that when, when they do announce the probable relative unknown that they're going to get, because one, Disney doesn't like to spend uh, money on marquee names. Um, and, and two, because they got to get someone who can resemble Harrison Ford. Uh, they, they can say, Hey, look, we saw it. No, no, we looked at him. We looked at him. We looked at all, all the, all the names you guys have been talking about online. And this guy was the best, or they honestly have no idea. And they were just scouring the earth. anybody that they can cast so i'm a little concerned about how that's going to go but but it could be great it it could be
0: great it's just it's. i would not want to it's gonna have a good script i mean it's gonna be Kazden's last star wars script so you know he's gonna he's he's gonna go out with a a bang
1: yeah i just i i would not want to be that actor because i would not Uh, that's true that i
0: I really although i don't know part of me if like you know i mean if, if i was like about if i was in my you know. Late teens, early twenties, and I was an actor at this age. I would kind of be like, "All right, I want to do this," but then you know, back when I was majorly an actor, I was a bit of an arrogant prick. Yes, you were.
1: As, as I mean, I, I, I say that solely based on the story you told.
0: I was going to say you didn't know me when I was actually acting. No, no, goddammit. But, it.
1: but I, I I mean I based on the all the the fact that you you are an arrogant prick in every story you've told, I extrapolate from that the fact that <laughs> usually. People are never as big a prick as they are, are. Are usually bigger pricks than they think they are. So if you thought you were that big a prick, imagine how big a prick you were. <laughs> but anyway, okay, you know, never mind. It's good. I think no. I think that there's plenty of actors who would like that role. I just mean I. I don't. How do you follow? I mean that I,
0: Harrison. Ford yeah, – you're no. You're right. You're right. It would be a victory it, performance. It would be it, I. I know this movie is going to be one of those that I'm going to be walking in and going. It's for me, it's going to be like, I want to, I, want to, I want to hear these lines. I want to hear the story that Lawrence Kasdan, the storyteller, is telling. But then I'm also going, oh, God, they, they, if they screw up the casting, oh, boy, not good.
1: Yeah, well, if you, if you screwed up the casting, um, and this, this, is, this is received wisdom in Hollywood, if you've screwed up the casting, your movie is already a failure. doesn't matter what anything else you do. doesn't matter how good your script is. doesn't matter how good your effects are. You are bone. And your movie, yeah. you cannot recover from that. But here's the thing about the Han Solo movie that I worry about, besides the casting, it's the fact that he had one of the clearest character arcs, going from this uh, out for, you know looking out for number one, not co- not not sociopathic, but certainly not idealistic, roguish, uh, gray to outright uh, criminal character. To this very heroic uh, character, who's you know rather selfless and celebrated for his military exploits, and for you know the hero of the revolution, um, that's that's a very strong arc. That's as strong as Luke's arc is, and we're going to pick him up before that. So, th- an arc is not possible. We, we're we're going to say, well, you see, you, you you get to meet him when he's just the sort of disreputable, you know, nobody who's kind of living on the margins of society, um, and then he becomes this great hero. Uh, well, we're going to meet him uh, before
0: he's when he's when he becomes this disreputable character living on the. Uh, you know what? Actually, you know what I'm hoping uh, this is much like. Um, again, not a big fan of prequels, but I will see Rogue One because I'm interested in that story. Yeah. What I would like to see in the Han Solo film, and the way that I think could, what I think could, what, where it could work, mm-hmm. not so much of an arc is make it a buddy picture. I want to see how Han met Chewie. Yeah,
1: well, that's it. That sounds like a romantic
0: comedy. A, a, then a romantic comedy, then buddy romantic comedy. That's fine. That is a story I would like to see.
1: Okay, hey, I, you know what? They're, that's probably the way they're going to go because I think they're smart people, and that seems like. best way to go because that is the most important fact that's such an important relationship that i was reading online and something that really pissed off uh people about the new movie uh people even people who loved it something that kind of broke their hearts was the final scene people were were, it started off with a discussion of why does Leia hug ray when they've never spoken they've never met What's,
0: well, I'll get. I'll, okay. we'll, uh, right. I'll talk about okay. that in a little so bit. So, okay.
1: people were speculating about the meaning of, of that embrace. And then people charged in from the side saying, Why isn't she hugging Chewie? She's known him for 40 years. He, he, he and Hod have been together for 50 years at least. They were, you know, it was his best friend. He just watched him die. Why doesn't she spare a hug for the walking carpet? So, yes, it's one of the. Crucial relationships in the Star Wars universe, and yes. I, I, I
0: think as far as why she didn't hug Chewie, who, who knows? Maybe there's some sort of tension there, but we don't know what's happened in the last 30 years. He has tics. Exactly. We, as the thing That's what's so cool is we don't know. I mean, you're, it's, I'm, I, th- that whole thing with Rey, um, I was going to talk about Finn for a second, but since you brought it up, I'll bring up Rey. A lot of people, the complaints that I've been hearing, or a lot of people are talking about, you know, well, she didn't have to train; she got her powers immediately. All of a sudden, she can do this. All of a sudden, she can do that. And as a matter of fact, um, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Max Landis, son of John Landis, yeah, got into a lot of trouble recently on Twitter because he called Ray a Mary Sue.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I didn't, I didn't see it from Max Landis, but I have seen that meme spreading.
0: And my response to that is. It's the first film in a brand-new fucking trilogy. I am pretty sure that that's going to be explained. Right.
1: A lot of people are already saying, it, and, and, and because we don't, you know, at least I hope high-definition pirated copies have not uh, made it to the Internet yet, because I would like this movie to do well enough that we continue to receive them.
0: And I'm, oh come on! This is Disney. We're going to receive them for a while. Yeah. We're at least going to get the next trilogy.
1: Well, yeah, but I, you know, I just, I just got a, a, a small residual from the Writers Guild for, for uh, uh, an animated movie I wrote. So I'm opposed to piracy.
0: Don't pirate. Congratulations, sir. I, I said small. Did I say small? I should have emphasized. You did small. say small, but hey, you got something. Yes. Uh, That's the important thing. You got paid. Yes.
1: And uh, so because we don't, there, there, you, you can't go to the DVD and and you know step uh slow step your way through it frame by frame uh nobody knows this for sure but a lot of people think if people who've seen the movie more than once think that the visions that she that are triggered in ray when she touches luke's lightsaber which wow that sounds dirty um <laughs> that's a different movie yeah that's the that's, that's the uh, porn parody um some of it suggests that she, was, that she received training as a child, that, that, she, that, that she did get training before uh, Luke's abortive Jedi Academy uh, was cut down by uh, Kylo Ren. Okay. So that, there's, that's a possible explanation. Other people bring up the fact that if you really count up Luke's total hours of training, he's basically got enough to work as a cashier at Arby's.
0: You know, I like,
1: I like that one. That's good. Thank you. You know, let, let, less, less than 90 minute, you know, sexual harassment video. Um,
0: so don't touch the lightsaber. Exactly.
1: That's, that's the sole lesson. Um, so yeah, it's not like, it's not like Luke wasn't, you know, kill, wasn't beating Vader, the, the most badass Sith, uh, with the exception of the Emperor, after you know having basically done a correspondence course in in jedi training so i don't i don't care about that i don't give that much um, credence besides it's a made up thing exactly
0: exactly and and I will say this again, oh my god, Day- Daisy Ridley for her first film motherfucker i
1: can't believe that's her first film. I thought when I saw the movie because I really hadn't read i've been trying to avoid spoilers so badly that I haven't read up a great deal. About it. I mean, I was excited when I heard John Boyega was cast. had to heard about her, but I assumed that she was one of these, you know, uh, one of these British wonderkins who, you know, been in, you know, the EastEnders or whatever, and and had, and had been in a bunch of, you know, BBC costume dramas growing up, and um, had probably been in a bunch of uh, British films I'd never heard of. And no, she's ri- talk about making a spectacular debut. She really
0: I'm, did. Uh, that, she is going to have a career. I I, I certainly hope so. She, uh, she, no, she I, she's going to be she she's going to have. The, I think she's going to have the same type of career that Daniel Radcliffe has. Um, I really do. I think she's going to get you know the, she's going to get the good part. She's got a career ahead of her, just absolutely. And oh my god, seeing changing characters here, seeing a film through a stormtrooper's eyes.
1: Yes.
0: What a brilliant freaking thing they did! That to me was just such a great Finn's art. Finn, his scenes with with Han Solo. Oh my god! Yeah, that's just everything you, you know. I'm, and I'm a huge fan of John Boyega too. Attack the Block is just a great freaking film. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even I was. Blown. And did I, I a was great totally... job. I mean,
1: that that the act that sort of that sort of unplaceable, vaguely American accent he was doing. Yep. Like wow, that's the, I, I'm always impressed when actors can do that. I remember long I re, I'm old enough that I remember when um, it wasn't a commonplace for English actors to do convincing American accents. That whenever they had to, they always defaulted to some overripe, big daddy esque
0: Southern accent, or like Monty Python, that one scene, the meaning of life, right. Remember, they all talked like this for some reason. People aren't wearing enough hats. Yes.
1: And uh, <laughs> so. now, for some reason, they're, they're cranking them out where they, they all have these faultless ears for, uh, for regional American tone. So, um, but, yeah, the relationship between um, – I, I liked how much – and, again, I'm going to hear, hear – pardon me for shifting gears. I liked how much room for believable emotion they worked into – um, the relationship between Finn and uh, uh, Oscar Isaac's character Poe.
0: Oh yeah, it's like oh. they
1: really share very little time on screen, but it's intense. The moments are intense, and you believe you believe that they bond over it.
0: And that that's one of the biggest things about this movie. You believe these characters. Yeah. Especially, I mean, granted, I mean, I, I, I can't lie. The first time you see Han Solo, I I, I, I had a fan geek boner. I did. I mean, just seeing him on, screen, and the best part is, and I know everybody has said this, I'm going to say it too, since he knew he was dying, oh my God, this was not a Harrison Ford performance. That was fucking Han Solo on the screen again. Exactly.
1: Usually Harrison Ford looks like he's pissed off to be on the set, that he just, he would like to go, I would, you know, it's like, every performance he's given in the past 10 years says to me, I would rather be crashing a plane right now. And in fact, if, if you would shoot me out of the picture, I will go crash a plane. And I did, not, I did not get the sense that he was impatient. I got the sense, I don't know if he was having fun, but he was certainly giving it his all. And, and it wasn't He wasn't it was like, oh, well, you know, you expect him to be rusty. No, that's like this is exactly how you would imagine this character, or at least I would, imagine this character to be 30 years on.
0: It, me too. I mean, it was within within f- the the first it was the first time he pops up on screen, I'm like, all right, yeah. And then within five minutes of his first scene, I got even more excited because I'm like, it's it's not Harrison Ford, it's Han Solo. Oh my God, Han Solo's back on screen. And then even though that, and oh my God, his scenes with Leia. They were
1: they were, they were very touching. They they were not lacrimose because ni- neither Han or Leia are are sentimental characters. They're, they're always, they're, they're always the the most bracingly astringent uh, um, of the, uh, of the original uh, Mm -hmm. trio. And, and they didn't, they didn't, um, uh, they didn't go for syrupy emotion, even though they were working up toward a very heartbreaking and very final break between the two of them.
0: And uh, when she falls down, well, not falls down, but when she reacts yeah, to him yeah, dying, yeah, no, she
1: had, she had, a, she had a very, she had, a, she had a classic uh, moment of force insight.
0: It, it was, it was perfect. Although I do have, I do have to say, the most heartbreaking part of that entire thing for me was Chewie's reaction. Yes, because he just goes on, he just goes on a,
1: into a suicidal rage. It's like when he, when he triggers the, the, the charges they placed, and he's still inside. The, the, the area where they place him, you get the sense that he doesn't care if it blows him up.
0: He does. No, like he I just he fully, wants to take I, as
1: many of them with him as he can.
0: There was part of me there for a brief second that thought, oh, my God, are they going to kill him too? I really thought that. I thought he was going to die without his buddy.
1: I was so wrapped up in the movie that I wasn't, even, I wasn't even that far ahead of it that I was wondering what was going to happen next. I was just experiencing it.
0: I, I completely understand. And then, oh, my God, seeing Chewie with Ray and the Falcon. Yeah. At the, I mean, it was, it was genuine, it was, I'm not used to getting genuinely emotional at blockbuster movies.
1: Or at blockbuster video stores.
0: It, well, not for a long, long time. Hell, even when I was a manager there, I wasn't genuinely emotional there. That's
1: good, because nothing worse than a pissed off manager.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's, I never get emotionally invested in characters in blockbusters. I don't. I just – I never do well, because they don't, usually because, they aren't characters.
1: What what, usually there aren't characters in blockbusters.
0: There you go. And, I mean, to have this big, huge, multimillion-dollar action, never really ending, constantly moving, gargantuan, spectacular, spectacular – yes, I've seen Moulin Rouge um, – to have such an emotional depth to it, again, it just blew me. It, it felt like Empire Strikes Back. Yes. As far as the emotional depth, which is why I can't wait for the next well, film. Well,
1: what got me at that mo- the moment you're describing with uh, Chewie and Ray in the Falcon oh, yeah. is this was the weight of history. Because you basically have a character who's essentially mute, who who, who conveys his emotions uh, Essentially through body language because they, they, he doesn't speak English and they don't subtitle Chewbacca. So all you know about him is, is the way he reacts or how, pe- or how his friends or enemies react to him. And when you see him sit, again, he sits in the co-pilot seat. Ray takes Han's seat. And there you see them fly off together and you feel this wellspring of like sadness and emotion. And you realize that this, what you're feeling is the weight of history because you know, you you. you Feel you know what he's what he's feeling, because you know you've known the character for so long, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's that's where that's where people say, oh, you know, if you like the movie, it's just nostalgia. Well, it's not nostalgia. The there's a difference between nostalgia, which is an aching for the past and the way you want things to be the way that they used to be, and a sense of the weight of history, the 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 impact that the weight of years can give to a moment.
0: And, and and while while we're on this particular subject i kind of know how I want to blend these these next two pieces together the actual death scene okay now I, we've known again for years that he want you know Harrison Ford wanted solo to die yes. and he felt that like you know solo should go out in a blaze of glory sacrificing himself to save blah 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 which would have been a great death for the character back then And, you know, I honestly thought that it was going to be like that, and that was one of the reasons why. Although, okay, as soon as he walked out onto that balcony um, planky thing, Uh, I knew it was going to happen. Yes. As soon as he walked out there.
1: As soon as he he, uh, uh, approached his son uh, uh, across that catwalk.
0: That that's what I was looking for. A catwalk. As soon as he got on the catwalk, I'm like, oh shit! Yeah, no, I said, don't. This is don't it. Do it. His own son is going to kill him. Holy shit! No, no, no. And then the whole conversation. You know, I want help. And the look on Ford's face when he, right before this. Oh my god! That to me was so much more powerful than if he'd gone out in the quote-unquote hero's blaze of glory.
1: Yeah, and what, what I loved about the scene
0: was, I mean,
1: I loved nothing about it because one of my favorite characters got killed, but, well, what,
0: what, but I do love it just for the, 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 yeah. the writer, the dr- dramatist in me is going, that's fucking drama, guys. That's,
1: that's my point because um, wh- while, you know, it's not a Pirandello uh, play, it, it did something that Lucas could never have done as a writer, which is it sort of operated on two levels because they were both talking to each other Talking past each other, they were both having they were having two separate conversations. He was saying, you know, Kyler rand was saying, "I want to do something, but I don't have the courage. Would you help me?" And all he's hearing is, "Dad, I need your help." And that's he goes, "Yes, I'll do anything. I can finally, I can do something. I have not known how to reach you, and I wanted to help, and you've rejected my help. Now you're asking for my help, and of course, you know, you, you we're no, no, no. He's asking. He wants to kill you. That's what he's asking." He's asking you to come within his the 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 reach of his crappy homemade lightsaber, <laughs> and uh, and so that adds suspense, that adds you know horrible anticipation, and it's 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 very true, it's 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 that's real, that's very realistic writing because you know sh- show me show me a child and parent estranged or not, uh, Shakespearean or not, tragic or not who doesn't have two separate conversations every time they meet.
0: Yep. That was, that was just, I mean, there were so many like, and not just like, you know, sad, emotional scenes, but even funny ones. I mean, just the friendships between the characters. I love the friendship between Ray and Finn. I mean, they had genuine characters Whatever it is, I feel like he thinks it's something
1: she, I mean, I don't even know if it's, uh, uh, I don't even know if it's romantic on his part. Um, I, I, because he kept like for instance, he kept taking her hand, and obviously they were playing that for a joke, and they were playing against the the um, the archetype of you know oh, oh the girl's badass until she falls down and breaks a heel, and then she has to be saved. Right. Um, so it was it was so I don't know if he was r- romantically inclined toward her, if he was feeling protective of her. Um, what was interesting on her part was she seemed like somebody who wasn't used to having a friend. She had no visible friends that we saw. Right. She didn't have any relationships. She had the, the one relationship she has was with a guy who cheats her routinely. Um, when when you know he buys the junk she
0: brings him and he, he. And can you believe that was Simon Pegg? I was very surprised to find that out. Yeah. Um,
1: so it's like, what what is what is she? I, I'm very intrigued by what what each character thinks their relationship is, or even if they, if they even have any clue. I mean, of course. I don't, we don't, he's not thinking anything last we saw him because, spoiler, he was unconscious. Well. But, um...
0: What, you're saying spoiler now?
1: Uh, you know what? It's become like a tick. It's become like a facial tick. I wish I could stop it. It's like... No, I mean, anyone, now, anyone who lives in in the digital age, like we do, or who lives online, like you and I do, it's like, how can, it's like, spoiler just becomes, yeah, it's like a Weird habit. It's like, honey,
0: spoiler, I'm going to the market. <laughs> hashtag spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, I'm going to stab myself in the head. I just said hashtag. Anyway, um, okay, so Kylo Ren, a lot of people, a, a lot of people are complaining that he was not a forceful villain like Darth Vader. People are complaining about this. They
1: do, they don't seem to get that this is that we're watching the the uh, heroes origin and the villains origin
0: villains origin at the same damn time. And the the thing that I find brilliant about what um they did, what Adam Driver and the and and um Kaz and Abrams did with Kyle with I'm going to call him Ben now. Fuck it. Yeah. Ben Solo. What they did with Ben Solo's character is. I mean, some pe- so many people were complaining about him being whiny and stuff like that. And I'm like, but think about it. It makes perfect sense. Luke was Luke whiny. Was whiny. Luke hell? was whiny in A New Hope. Anakin was whiny. It makes perfect sense that the whiny emo thing would transfer generational. I had no problem Skywalker with and gen- Solo being whiny. Yeah, the Skywalker genetic trait, the whininess. I, 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 I figure, hey, I mean, if they want to use bad acting as a reoccurring theme, I'm fine with that. If they can make it work. And they did. My, I don't my think teams. it was bad acting. I think, and I don't. Oh, not not on him. Oh. I mean, I mean, um, Mark Hamill's. I was on the space station to pick up power converters, and any time Anakin Skywalker opened his mouth, that was bad acting. Yeah, I mean, I, I driver was making very specific choices. He, he
1: was, and and uh, I. Do you know who Amanda Marcotte
0: is? The name sounds vaguely familiar, but only vaguely. Uh, okay,
1: familiar. well, she's a she's a feminist uh, writer. Um, okay, I do know who she okay. is. All right. Well, she was saying that that. Uh, she uh, I don't think she saw she saw the first prequel and then just gave up on it. But she's a she's a she's a genre fan, so she's she knows herself. But she was she was saying that, that the funniest thing about not funny, the the thing that she loved most about it was that um the way Driver played Kylo Ren was as this um insecure guy who hid behind a mask he didn't need um was prone to to bouts of self-destructive violence and petulance and uh, tried to get by on bluster and verbal intimidation um, to cover this this void within himself. So basically he was like every Gamer Gator.
0: Um, (laughs) It's like
1: when he he was with Ray, he he was sitting on
0: her and he, Okay, you can send the hate mail to Scott Carro, no, no, no. the amateur P, at gmail.com. So he was saying, she, she say, and he was making very
1: deliberate choices about this, trying to evoke this kind of character. She goes, I bet most of these guys will not see themselves in it. But the way he was reacting to Ray was like, typical of a guy who cannot stand a girl being better at them
0: than anything. You're actually kind of right. I, I see it. I do see that. Yeah, See,
1: this is why
0: it's nice to get a, the, the
1: uh, feminist perspective on things every once in a while because it's like it makes things much more funny. Yeah. I thought I like, like, oh, Adam Driver really stuck at you guys. But anyway.
0: Um, and my favorite, my absolute, speaking of that, my ab, one of my absolute favorite scenes in the movie was that moment when he's having one of his little breakdowns, and those two yeah. stormtroopers walk in and immediately turn around and walk back did like, when,
1: when is somebody going to turn that into a into a gif where you just see them backing up going, nope, 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 nope.
0: I want – yeah, folks, get get to work on it. Get it. Giffin'. Seriously, gif that motherfucker. I mean that was just – and every, I, every moment that he was on screen, I was just utterly fascinated by that character. And I think part of it was because it took the whininess – of Anakin from the prequel trilogy and made it work. Right,
1: because it wasn't it wasn't whininess, it was um it was self-doubt Right, uh, right uh, Anakin's problem, the, the reason Anakin reads as whiny isn't because he doubts himself or his destiny or his abilities or whatever, it's that because he doesn't, he never seems to feel like he's getting what he deserves. Right. And that's a whiny, unattractive attitude with it's but Obviously, uh, Ben was seduced to the dark
0: side by Supreme
1: Commander Stupid Name.
0: Uh, uh, although I got to admit, I was very happy when I found out that was a hologram.
1: Yes, but we still don't know how that big.
0: That was a really nice twist. I was not expecting that, and that made me very happy. Yes,
1: uh, their, their hologram technology has gotten much
0: better. <laughs> that's very After true. Uh, I'm hoping that when we finally meet Snoke, he's like three feet tall. <laughs> ha! That, that,
1: that, that's going to be the twist in the in the Mel, in the Mel Brooks uh, parody.
0: If we get it. Yeah. the um... but I Honestly, I know they keep saying that it might actually happen. I'm like, I'm sorry. Mel Brooks has flat out said he won't do it without Rick Moranis' Dark Helm, and I don't think Rick Moranis wants to do it.
1: No, I think he's retired.
0: They, he... well, well, apparently what he said is he may come back to acting eventually. He has actually said that.
1: Okay. I... If, he,
0: if, he can, if he can find the right thing, and I really hope someone writes the right thing for Rick Moranis because I would love to see him again. Um, I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can too. I really, if they can, if they get the right project, please somebody write Rick Moranis a great role so he can come back. Get on it, people, write it.
1: And and uh, okay, so your assignment for today is to uh, gift that Stormtrooper scene. Uh, write a brilliant part for Rick Moranis. Um, I
0: don't solve world peace, cure cancer, and make me a waffle. And
1: uh, yeah, and we need some
0: more bagels. Anyway.
1: <laughs> so what? So what? So anyway, to get back to Kyler Ren for, for a moment, um, he he, it's like he's almost like, um, like a character in a in a in a '70s Scorsese film, or or uh, like like uh, the the young guy in uh, American Buffalo. He's like a guy, it's like somebody with uh tough guys who wants to be a hard tough ass, but doesn't is worries that he's. That when it comes down to it, he won't be able to shoot that that guy in the face. That right. he's not. He worries that he's not tough enough. He's not. He's not bad enough. He's. He's. He worries that there's light in him, which is, you know, in some ways, it, it perhaps a too on the nose uh, reversal for two points that they were going for. But it's it's like it's still it's easy to identify with a character who has self doubts or who, who worries that they're not good enough. And and overcompensates much easier than is than than some entitled jerk who was who we were asked to sympathize with for the three prequels.
0: Okay, random tangent. Let me ask you a question. Did what did you think of Maz Kanata? Um, I didn't. Uh, not the character. More, not the character, but did the CG stick out to you? Well, she looked a little bit like somebody
1: rotoscoped Edna Mode from The Incredibles. And wow. Star Wars.
0: Wow. Well, just seemed that way a little bit. She like, no, dude, that's, that's freaking brilliant. You're right. Wow. There's another gift, folks. Get on it. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I, I've been hearing a lot of um, uh, complaints. Not complaints. I've been hearing uh, people talk and saying that, I, that uh, Lupita Nyong'o what, – what's her name?
0: Jesus. Oh, yeah, it sounds, it sounds about the right Lupita, pronunciation. I believe, is her let Let's call her Lupita. Not that I know her.
1: Um, that her performance didn't work out, that she turned out not to be, uh, you know, Andy Serkis quality as far as working with the mocap. So the, the character had a smaller part. I don't think it necessarily means her performance wasn't successful because I thought it was fine. Um, I thought it probably just narratively didn't work and they probably cut her out. I just think, why would you cast such a beautiful woman and make her this little troll doll. I,
0: that I I agree with that, but even even beyond that, for me, that it really stuck out to me. So did Snoke until I realized he was a hologram, and I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, because that,
1: that was obviously um, that was obviously a CG effect, um, and and because you're used to those those interlaced lines in the holograms, right? Right. Um, I I first thought he was sitting there, and he was just you know I was like, well. Look who's making a, a um, look who's making a cameo appearance from a Ray House in film from the 1960s.
0: <laughs> but I mean the re, the re so I mean she just kind of stuck me because everything else looked real. Yeah. It was so nice. I mean that was the biggest that, thing for see, me. I think
1: if they did if they did cut her part way down, it's not because um, the performance was bad. I think it's the the character was so obviously CG. I I agree with that. And and I I think that's fine if there's a lot of CG characters around. Um, The problem was they were were at such pains to do so much in the way of practical effects and and, um, makeup appliances that when you've got a character who who cannot, who could not exist um, in real life, I mean, I, I suppose you could, you know, you could have cast Warwick Davis, Given a a mask, but um, the fact that you know that this is a CG character, it did it did work against it a little bit, and and it's because the
0: because the people because the people felt a little bit more real. Everything felt a little bit more real. I mean, just everything felt that this is the tactileness that was missing from the prequels. Yes. And the fact that it felt, again, like a used universe, unlike the prequels, it just felt new and shiny, you know what I mean? It's a whole new world. This, like the or, 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 or the original trilogy, felt used. Oh, yeah, this this felt like a used Q-tip. And that, uh, that's, I mean, I liked the character. I, I liked the purpose that she served. I mean, we needed that. We needed that person to basically say, no, no midichlorians, don't worry about it. Yeah. But um, it was just it was just the CG just kind of put me off a little bit, just a little bit. I uh, it's kind of like you know how you can obviously tell when um you and McGregor and everyone else are in the green screen, which is pretty much the entire film. You can tell. Oh yeah, and, and it felt the same in this one. You could so totally tell that that wasn't really there. Yeah, which is
1: why which is one of the frustrating things about the prequels, which, which because I if I'm used to seeing actors against and, and And they're continually against green screens. I assume I'm playing a video game. I assume yep. this is full motion capture, and you know my I can do something with my uh mouse here, but nope, just had to sit
0: and take it <laughs> okay, um next real quick topic: the lightsaber fights okay okay um once again peop some people are complaining. Because the lightsaber fights are nowhere near as acrobatic as the prequel trilogy. And 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 when the prequel trilogy came out, people
1: complained because um, uh, they were so acrobatic and it was nothing like the lightsaber battles in uh, in the original trilogy.
0: Except for the people who said in the original trilogy it was two old guys and an old guy and a boy didn't know what they were doing. And I'm like, well, A, it was about the emotion of the fights. Yeah. That was the thing. It wasn't the, the fights weren't about the um, action, jumping around and flinging things. It was entirely about the emotion, especially in Empire Strikes Back. Yes, I mean there was there was so much leading to that battle. I mean, I remember real quick tangent. Um, the first time, like when he pops up in that Cloud City thing, and you hear and you hear and you hear Vader's breathing. Mm-hmm. Before you even see him, as soon as I heard Vader's breathing, the, you know, the 10-year-old me is just going, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. This is going to be so bad. Oh, shit. And it turned out to be. But, I mean,
1: yeah, people well, are It turned sitting out there to be going, much worse than we imagined because it was like, he cut his hand off. And he's his dad? Oh, my God. I don't know which one
0: of those is worse. Yeah, really. Well, we all know Lucas likes limbs being lost. That's,
1: that's, that's a beautifully alliterative sentence.
0: I just want to take huh? a I just want to take a moment and and savor that.
1: Wow Lucas- well, I didn't realize how that
0: was until just now. I'm proud of myself. You should be. Right? All right, yay me. <laughs> but the like I said, the um they're sitting there going, you know, they wanted the the bounciness of the of the prequel trilogy and my response was, Okay, it's been thirty years. Since the original trilogy, there were no Jedi. You know, there weren't massive amounts of Jedi, and we already know that. You know, Luke never finished training his people. Right. So it wouldn't be all acrobatic. It would be more like the original. But even unlike the original, in this one, these people are just trying to kill each other. Yeah, it's there. They're, it's just it's just hack and slash. It's just even it's even more violent to me than the original trilogy. I mean, this is some violent my god uh finn and and finn and ben's fight yeah i mean even you know i mean grant i mean ray and ben that was amazing but even finn why the look on his face when ben's running up to him for that for that was just amazing but i mean Ed, although also in that scene the moment that made me happy, and the moment that made all of the um, first gen Star Wars fans there just scream, was when she called the saber. Yes, and, that and, was that was the moment and, when everyone went
1: yeah. And I I freely admit I had no clue. I did not see it. I thought, oh, is this where Luke shows up? Because it's the it's movie's got like eight minutes left. You better show up soon. Oh, he's gonna call call the saber. No, no, it's her. But I I was very happy by that. I was happy that
0: that was that, i was i was too it was just a great and then the that was and those two did, i cannot wait to see their return battle yeah that's uh
1: and and of course there are theories that they're cousins there's theories that they're siblings certainly they fought like siblings like they wanted to kill each other uh yeah, yeah very true but you know what here's my answer to why you why the the fights were not acrobatic in addition to everything you said which is exactly true um have you seen that to uh, the lightsaber that uh uh Kyler Renhead, you gotta be ginger with that thing. Yet that, that's that thing looks like it's shorting out constantly.
0: And I did like that. And I did like the fact that they actually did show what the cross guards could be used for. Yeah,
1: something rather mean like and that and that's that's a typical villain thing. Like in uh The Adventures of Robin Hood when um uh, at the end when um Errol Flynn and Basil Rathbone are fencing and they're uh, uh, Basil Rathbone has him pinned up against a column, and, and Rathbone reaches for a dagger and tries to stab him. Because hey, wait a yep, minute, yep. that's not fair. So it's like it's always the it's always the villain that has the the the, the trick, you know the the uh, the poison spike that, that pops out of your shoe or whatever. They've got some they've got some unfair gimmick. So that was that made me think. Okay, this this should shut up the uh, the outraged uh, the outraged uh, battle nerds.
0: Well, I remember the first time. They showed that uh, in the very first trailer when when you saw the saber. So many people were getting pissed off. it. my first thought was, oh, my God, you get into close quarters combat, that goes in somebody's face. Yeah. That's all you got to do the first time sabers are crossed and you're really close. Just, know, move your arm a little bit and that guy's nose is gone. And then he's going to need a mask. Who needs a mask now? (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. One last thing before I say we've talked on long enough.
1: Uh, can I say one last thing? Oh, oh absolutely, yes. Okay. Um, the, the two things that I thought were really no, – that really struck me, and I yes, – To the point where I said, oh, I've got to say, tell this to Jeff. That, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the fact that when Luke finally makes – Luke finally makes his entrance the same way Meryl Streep did in The French Lieutenant's Woman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Almost fell out of my chair. Oh my god! <laughs> just, it's a shame half the audience isn't going to yeah, get no, that it, joke it, that's fucking brilliant. Thank you. Just just
1: take our word for it, audience. You you have.
0: You, you or have watch, watch the French Lieutenant's Woman. It's actually not a bad film, and that joke will be so much funnier if you watch it. And the other thing was,
1: you. I remember we talked once a long time ago about how. Um, R2D2 gained all of these abilities in the prequels that he did not have in the original trilogy. Yep. Well, uh so uh, so they 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 weren't too bad about that here, but along with the abilities he gained in the prequels, we've learned uh thanks to the to the Force Awakens that R2D2 can put himself into the Odin sleep.
0: <laughs> I I thought the same you, Yeah, I figured. That joke yeah, that that was the first thing that popped into my head with that. <laughs> Oh, French Lieutenant's Woman. I'm going to be laughing about that for days, Scott. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. That, that is – you're getting applause for that one again. That was just oh. – all right. Favorite BB-8 moment. Uh,
1: favorite BB-8 moment. Um, I liked when he came up to R2-D2, actually, before R2 woke up and was chattering away at him. Um, and I guess that, that turns out to be significant because he basically said, hey, if you got the other half of this map because I've got this, and the R2-D2 – Starts waking up. But it just reminded me of the way our kitten treats our older cat.
0: <laughs> For me, it was the thumbs up.
1: Yeah, you know what? I wanted to hate that, but I just couldn't. I couldn't fight it in me to hate it. It was so-
0: I didn't even want to hate it. As soon as it happened, I went, okay, that's just too adorable. That's just too – I, I – the more I watch this movie – um which I granted i 'm um, actually seeing it again, not tomorrow but the day after Christmas, mm-hmm. and um, but the, the, the more I think about it, I know people are rating the films, and um, as we bring an end to this discussion, we 're going to rate them we're going to write, I want to rate uh, at least for me, if you want to throw this in, please do so how ignoring the prequel trilogies because this blows the prequel trilogies out of the fucking water, you can actually forget those movies existed now. We can forget them. I don't care if they're still canon. We know the backstory, but forget actually watching them. The story of Star Wars is episode four on as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But, um, oh my god, I, oh yeah, okay, okay. Ignoring the prequel trilogies, it's definitely better than Jedi. Yes. And, um, it's, all my, okay my favorites of the trilogy are Empire a new hope and then jedi It's definitely better than jedi and for me, I will make this decision after I see it the second time, but i'm pretty damn sure that it's going to be my favorite film after Empire yes. i think it's actually going i think it's actually going to be above a new hope
1: well i um i, I we're also probably going to see it again uh, um in a couple days and i I know what i make some sort of statement for the ages, not like anyone ever is gonna call me on this. You yeah. know, it's like, hey Clevenger, you said three years ago on the slum gallion that this was, you know, that the Force Awakens was your favorite. And then you changed your mind. But um, I think Empire has to be has to be seen as the best because um, for whatever the, the despite the manifold virtues of the Force Awakens, um, it's it is derivative. And Empire, oh. Empire was plowing fresh ground.
0: So, I completely agree with you on so, that.
1: Um, I completely agree with you. Empire will always be the best yeah, one, as far as, far as, far I can as start. just universe building, um, and and pay and and also it, it's it's unfair, but but being the middle part of a uh, of a trilogy, Empire had the ability to pay off relationships that have been established in a previous film. We've just met these people, but it, but still they did pay off a bunch of relationships in um, the Force Awakens. So that's why I think it's a close second, because of how things how things played out with, with Han and Leia, oh. the, uh, what happened to Chewie, and, and then everyone
0: else will just see where it goes. The big one, the big reason for me, and like I said, this is the second – my second viewing will decide this, is as much of the – as an emotional attachment as I have to A New Hope and what it did for me, what it did for the whole fucking world and cinema in general – the dialogue sucks Yeah, and the dialogue does not suck in the force awakens no. at all. No, Cause it's, it, it, it has
1: generally good
0: uh, screenwriters
1: behind it. Now to, I am the world's biggest dialogue snob. I started as a playwright. Um, usually I often get hired to, when I do is to fix dialogue. So that's hugely important to me, but I don't, I don't, I don't cringe and I don't begrudge um Star Wars, it's it's terribly bad dialogue because it's showing its roots. It's basically.
0: And I do. I totally agree with. I totally agree with you on that I point. Dude, like I've always felt that way, which is why you know. I mean, I'm like I have the emotional love. It does what it's supposed to be. It's all archetypes. I'm down with that.
1: Yeah, and it's. Uh, and I think we said this previously. I don't remember when, but that you know, uh, Leia's line. Oh, uh, I Tarkin, I thought I recognized your foul stench when I came on board. I mean, that could easily have come out of the mouth of. You know, Prince Baron to Charles Middleton's Emperor Ming in the nineteen thirties Flash Gordon.
0: Hell, that line could have come out in the nineteen eighty version of Flash Gordon. That's
1: true, but it would
0: have been campier somehow. <laughs> I mean, come on, the man who wrote that wrote the freaking Batman um, uh, movie. Lorenzo we, we Jr. Lorenzo? Oh, what a writer! I love that man. Yes. But anyway, I know it's, I it's, it's. I know it's tough for me because I totally, I totally. See your point. I agree with it completely. But then the writer in me, granted, I'm the doctor. I mean, just the writer in me just sits there and going, really horrible dialogue, but it serves a purpose. Really great dialogue that also serves a yeah, purpose. I, it's no, it's really tough for me. It's no clear. No,
1: this is I, I'm making an excuse, and I complete. I I I am excusing its its deficiency because I I love the movie and I think it works besides the dialogue. If I have a choice between between a, a really dynamic, uh, fun movie with great dialogue. I'm going to go that way. But, you know, the movie can get by saying, well, it's based, you know, it's, it's, and I, I mean, it's, it's so many mixed genres. I mean, the basically Han Solo is, I mean, everyone else is in Flash Gordon and Han Solo's in Rio Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a Western. Very nice. So including the cantina and the whole, you know, the, Wearing the blaster, low on the hip, and all that. So, so it's it's a it's a fun mix of stuff that if you don't take it too seriously, it, it's fine. But yes, it it the Empire proved that you can actually have relationships, and subsequent movies proved you can actually have good dialogue and good acting. And you know, I feel like we're really developing as a
0: species. <laughs> yeah, I, this time, um, actually Christmas tomorrow. I think I that that is right. We are taping this uh, on Christmas Eve. You're welcome. Um, I think tomorrow. I'm going to actually over tomorrow and the day after watch the whole original trilogy because I did not do that before my first viewing
1: we watched uh Mary and I watched uh Star Wars uh, I wanted to watch the whole thing, but uh, she as much as she thinks it's good she doesn't like to watch Empire because it depresses her okay she 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 cannot she cannot even at her age she cannot separate her child childish emotional reactions that she first got upon seeing it from the movie nowadays. She still gets those same feelings. Um, and I think she just doesn't, she's never been that excited about uh, Jedi. it's, It's okay, but, um, she's not, she, she's a big nerd about her stuff, but, uh, she also likes to
0: get some sleep at night.
1: I'll stay up all night and watch these things and then go, but,
0: yeah, I'm. I and it's been a while since I've seen the original trilogy, so I'm like, all right, I'll watch the good ones, and I'll go see the new good one. That'll be awesome. Yeah, and, and so yes. In case you couldn't tell, we both really, really liked the film. Mr. Clevenger, do you have any final thoughts to add?
1: Um, I just like to say that it's. I think I. I. I, I wonder what this portends for the show that
0: we're starting the year with a movie we both liked. I'm very, very interested to see where this goes. Uh, yeah, really. Both the movie and the fact that we actually liked something. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you for this, um, for joining us on this extensive Um, discussion of Star Wars. I swear to God, in two weeks, we will actually have different discussions before the movie. We may have a guest. We may not. You'll find out later. Until then, Scott, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.